Today is a special ceremony, a special celebration of the presentation of the Lord in the temple, as well as also known as the purification of Our Lady. It's a special celebration because it brings us in some ways to Christmas. At the same time also takes us to Easter Vigil with candle and light. So it's a ceremony that was celebrated in Jerusalem already in, in fourth century. So it kind of goes back. Christ as the light of the world. Christ as the light. That's why we began this morning this liturgy with the blessing of the candle, with a special type of prayer and commemoration of, of sort of conclusion of this whole Christmas story. Christmas story as the blessed mother and father Joseph, uh, the, they bring Jesus to the temple to follow the, the, uh, the prescriptions of the law. What were the prescriptions? Is that firstborn male, a child belonged to God. And in order for them to have him to be their son, they had to redeem him. They had to offer a sacrifice to the Lord. If they were well-to-do, a lamb, if they were poor, two turtle doves. And so this is what is taking place. So the firstborn of Mary, the, the firstborn of God the Father, is brought to the temple to be presented to God, to be redeemed, that he may be truly a son of all of us, son of God and son of man. So the family, the holy family follows the prescriptions of the law. They were faithful men and women of covenant. They were faithful to the covenant of God. So they do so. And also Our Lady, because of, the, of giving birth, there's a special type of ritual of purification for her as well. So the, these are the prescriptions of the law that they follow. But there's something more here than just that. Yes, following the prescriptions of the law, but there's something more. And we see that something more already 500 years before the birth of Christ, Malachi, prophet Malachi, he sees the day in the future where he sees a messenger of God being, 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 being the source and instrument of purification, which is John the Baptist. And he also sees the Lord of glory coming to his temple, the Lord of glory. Jesus is the Lord of glory. He comes to the temple in Jerusalem. And, and this is what takes place. Yes, yes, the whole ritual of, the, of redeeming the firstborn and also Our Lady being purified through, the, through, the, through prayers and through surrendering of the Son of God to the Father. But there's something even more, more important is that see that he truly is that Son of God. He's the Redeemer. He's the one who is to come. Malachi was kind of afraid. He says, the Lord will come. But he says, but we're sinful. How can God come into a sinful nation? how God can come to sinful hearts. They really have to be purified. They have to be cleansed of all the whatever infidelities that, that each one has. And so he was kind of afraid of that. And yet we see that the Son of God comes, and the Son of God comes, is born of Mary, is a child. Who would be afraid of a child? Who would be afraid <coughs> of God's plan of salvation given to us through the Son? 
born of Our Lady, born through the power of the Holy Spirit. And this is why today St. Paul says, you know, in, in a letter to the Hebrews, he says, the God the Father wanted us to have someone like us so we could see the Father's love, the Father's mercy for us, the Father's patience, the Father's tenderness, that we could see it in human form. And this is why in the letter to the Hebrews, we have the description of the Son of God being, sharing everything that we share, except sin, sharing our sufferings with us, sufferings, the redeeming dimension of, of God's gift, suffering, he shared our sufferings. He shared everything that we do. Yes, everything that we as human beings experience except, except sin. But the, the, the dimension of suffering, through sufferings, redemption comes. And, and we see here is uh, how, how letter to the Hebrews describes the Son of God, because he want, the Lord wants us to know that he loves us, that he cares for us, that he embraces every form of human misery, every human suffering. Son of God takes it upon himself and he brings us to the Father. He redeems us. He redeems us. He buys, buys back that which was, which was destroyed by sin and he pays the price, which is price on the, uh, on the cross for us. Okay, so we see this special day, seemingly ordinary day. The Holy Family brings Jesus to a temple, but we see this, the meaning, the significance of that already expressed in Malachi 500 years before. He anticipated, he saw it. Then we see the, 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 the St. Paul's articulation or the uh, giving us the true significance of Jesus' incarnation, being one of us. What does it mean that he's one of us so that we may be redeemed, that we may see the Father's face, that we may see God's love for us in the face of Jesus? that we may see God's patience with us in the patience of Jesus. That we may see the salvation brought to us through Jesus as he dies and rises from the dead. Okay, but there's, there's another dimension here of this, of this celebration, and that is Simeon and Anna and Blessed Mother. Jesus is brought to the temple, but who recognizes him there? Simeon the old man, Simeon, the old man, who, how did he attain that awareness? How did he attain that, that presence of mind and heart also to be at the, at the temple? It is the Holy Spirit. He spent time in prayer, longing for the salvation, longing for the Messiah to come. And in prayer, he received a special gift, a knowledge that he will not pass away until he sees the Son of God, until he sees the one who is to come, the Messiah. And so there he is, of all the children who were brought to the temple, because there are many. And yet he's there when Jesus is brought, and he recognizes in Jesus the Son of God. And he is the one who's so happy. He says, I can now go, I can now die. Uh, now, Master, you may let your servant go in peace, according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared in the sight of all the peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. He came in the spirit to the temple when the parents were there with Jesus. 
what is significance to us is how God reveals himself to those who pray, for those who stay close to him, for those who follow his commandments, those who live in the awareness of his presence, in the awareness of his real presence, true presence, he's with us. God is never away, too far away. He is very much with us, but we, are, we have a tendency to forget. We have also a tendency to be impatient. Look at, look at Simeon and his patience. How many years did he pray? How many years did he wait? How many years did he kind of look forward to the coming of the Son of Man and he comes many, many years later? Which means it's the patience that is so necessary for us to wait God's will, God's, pray, God's, God's uh, future unfolding of his plan in our lives and the lives of family, to pray, to be attentive, to be always looking forward to the coming of God and the God who comes to us. So he is a man of true prayer. And now there's also another aspect of Simeon. The Lord also revealed to him the future of the Son of God, future a sign that will be contradicted. He will be one who will be rejected. He will, not, he will not be accepted by many. Yes, there are those who have accepted him, but there are many who have rejected him. And, and he says to Our Lady, he says, Behold this child who is destined for the fallen rise of many in Israel, and a sign to be contradicted. And it is you yourself a sword will pierce, so that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. The sword that, that Our Lady you experience the sword under the cross, the sword of seeing her son tormented, a sign, a rejection. Here it is, once again, how the Holy Spirit guides and, and, and shares knowledge and wisdom with this, this man who becomes, by the very token, already a member of the church because he has seen the Son of God. He's no longer a man of the Old Testament. He's the man of the New Testament. He's, he crosses that bridge by holding the Son of God in his hands. And then speaking to Our Lady, Our Lady does not say anything here. But as we can hear in St. Luke's Gospel, it says, every word that was uttered about the Son, she took it into her heart. She reflected and meditated. What does it all mean? She came to know what it meant. She was also a woman of faith upon whom the Holy Spirit was so much given, not only that the Son of God was born through her of a shadow by the Holy Spirit, but she was in communion with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, through Simeon, shares with her. It's the ability to see things beyond what we cannot see, beyond the politics of the world, beyond the politics and the economy and whatever it may be, beyond the interactions between ourselves, but to be imbued with the Spirit, to see, to know, to understand, and to live accordingly. And also we see another person here, Anna, Hannah, Anna, uh, who, who for 84 years, lived 84 years, seven years with her husband. I do not exactly know how many years she's, when she was you know, married, but however, it seems like she was at least 60 years in a temple, praying, maybe, maybe even more, every day, praying and fasting. And she recognized the Son of God too. She's the one who sees and is already proclaiming. She's sharing. And, and what does she, what does she do? 
And coming forward at that very time to the temple, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who are awaiting the redemption of Israel. He is the Messiah. She recognized him too. So people of prayer, I think this is the invitation. Now, there's a little bit more yet to go. So first of all is the light, Jesus the light. And there's the light of revelation, right of truth, right of knowledge, who we are, what our destiny is, how we are to relate to each other. He's the light informing us, light of the Holy Spirit, the light of grace, the light of Christ is the light himself. The gospel is the redeeming gift for humanity. Many people today don't seem to appreciate fully or maybe even disregard it altogether, seeking some other wisdom coming from East or some Hindu traditions, whatever it may be. But we don't see the gift that God has given to us. He is truly the light. And so in, in Easter, on Easter, we will, we will honor him, Christ our light. Christ our light, we follow him, just like today with the candles. And you can, by the way, keep them for your home. They are blessed candles to remind you of Christ as truly the light. Now, and finally, in 1997, John Paul II took this day, this day, February 2nd, as a special day for consecrated life, that we as consecrated, those who are consecrated to him in spiritual, you know, in, for, in religious vows, or even consecrated personally, that they will see us as the light, just like this light is shining, we are to be the light. We're supposed to contemplate the gift of our vocation and truly be the light for others. We're not exactly, we're sinners. We're needing always in terms of re need of redemption, but nonetheless, the call is there. And if we do not light, if we do not become light of Christ, then we have to experience the consequences of judgment. Why not? Why we fail to do? God has given us the privilege to be, to be the light of the world. And, you know, and it was two years after he established it, I happened to be in Rome because I had to, you know, do translations for general chapters. Usually, usually I, I had to do this work. And so I found out that there was a special day. I didn't even know it was a special day for religious. So we went to St. Peter's, it was in the evening. And can you see a big St. Peter's church, you know, basilica? and was filled with, with men and women consecrated to God. But each one held a little, like a candle, you know, and it was, it was, it was, and I could see as I looked in this dark St. Peter's, there's not a single light, officious light, except the light of each person holding the candle. And we could see each other, just a sea of light and, and faces, many of the faces, because people were holding their candles close to their face. You could see it. And then I, I saw John Paul at the end of the, near the altar. He was sitting also with the light. And you know, it was very, very powerful for me. I'll never forget. I'm actually holding on to that light. I still have the light. I should, you know, I, when I, I picked it up, you know, I took it, I, since, you know, it's, it's in a little plastic container. And, and, the, uh, and I still have it. But the fact is there's, all of us are called to be light to the world. God gave us this gift of himself. He gave us his son. We're filled with the Holy Spirit. We're filled with knowledge of the salvation given to all the peoples of this earth. We know, the, we know what will happen to us after we pass away. We will be risen just like Christ because Christ will rise us. 
Christ will bring us back to life. We believe in the resurrection of the dead. You know, every time we profess our faith, we are. But in the meantime, we are called to be witnesses of Christ, to be the light to this world, light seemingly living in darkness, in confusion, not knowing what to do. We're, we're afraid of possibly another war, World War Three. We do not know. We live in the confusion of people who are establishing, you know, uh, you know, the temple of Satan, you know, honoring him, you know, favoring giving free pills for abortion. That's what the temple of Satan is doing now, giving free, it's a killing life, because that's what the evil one, he always wanted to eliminate us, he wanted to destroy us. We can't partake of that. We cannot partake of the darkness which surrounds us. Because God gave us himself as the light of the world. He gave us himself as true life. He's our hope. He's our glory. And he comes to us not only as light of the world, but he comes to us <coughs> as true life in the Eucharist. True life. We're able to receive him. He wants to give himself to us to show us the Father's love, to transform us into being children of God. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.